welcome to another exciting podcast from Living Faith Church. It's our hope and prayer that today's message will bring you closer and deeper to the heart of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now here is our lead pastor, Pastor Dean Hackett. George had come to faith in Christ. He believed the Lord, and I'm going to pause just a second. Are you having trouble finding the next slide? There we go. Good. Thank you. Um, George was, was having trouble in his faith, moving from just having received Jesus in his heart to really becoming uh, a strong man of faith. He believed, but he tended to be up and down in his faith. He was a business owner, a successful business owner. uh, And it, it troubled him that he had been born again, even baptized in the Holy Spirit. And yet there were times he really struggled. What was happening was he was having difficulty going from believer to disciple. And he was struggling with that the way that many of us struggle with that, right? Let's, let's remind ourselves of how we define this. Would everyone read this with me? A believer gives mental assent, has some experience and some faith. In other words... They may go, yeah, you know what? I, I, I believe in God. I, I believe the Bible. And they've had some measure of experience, like maybe they've received Jesus. Or maybe they've not come to that place where they've received Jesus yet, but they're, they're a believer. And you go, wait a minute, how can they be a believer and not yet receive Jesus? They just haven't taken that faith. They've moved from searcher to inquiry, and even from inquiry to believe but not to being born again yet. Are you tracking with me? And, and there are some who are believers and that's where they are. A believer has not made a total surrender of their life, say it with me, and they're compartmentalized. In other words, what they believe about the Bible, what they believe about God, having even received Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, may not affect the way they behave at work, may not affect the way they are when they're hanging out with the guys, when they're hanging out with their friends. They have compartmentalized things. And so what they believe on Sunday isn't necessarily influencing how they are when they're sitting at Starbucks with all their chick friends. It's compartmentalized. They're a believer. And going from believer to disciple, it is Jesus Christ's will and calling for every one of us to go from believer to disciple. Now, let's read what we said is a disciple. A disciple has Jesus as the model and mentor of their life. Amen. They're doing everything they can to be as much like Jesus as they can. To love the way Jesus loves. 
They have made total surrender of their life. They're 100% committed to Jesus. Now let me say something about being 100% committed to Jesus. 100% committed to Jesus doesn't mean you're 100% walking it out every moment of every day yet. But you're doing your best to get there. Come on. You're not content with being a 75%er or a 60%er. You want to be 100% committed. And I want to grow there. And how many know the secret? We're going after that with all our heart. But in our knower, we know we won't get 100% like Jesus until we get 100% with Jesus. When, in other words, when we're resurrected, right? <laughs> when we're raptured. Okay, that's when we... But between now and the rapture, between now and the resurrection, I'm going to do everything I can to be as much like Jesus as I can. I'm 100% sold out. Amen? That was 10% of you. What happened to the rest of you guys? Okay, I won't go there. Here we go. They're, they're not compartmentalized. They want their faith to not just be what they say they believe on Sunday. They want their faith to impact The way they behave as a worker, the way they behave as a business owner, the way they behave in their politics, the way they behave when they're out with their friends, the way they behave out with the guys, the way they behave when nobody's looking, the way they talk when nobody's looking. Maybe nobody is around when you hit your your thumb with the hammer, but you don't talk like a sailor either just because nobody's listening because somebody is listening. It's the invisible one that is with you 24-7. Amen? And because of that, you want, you're not living your life compartmentalized. Remember, you're 100%. They understand they are the temple of the Holy Spirit, and they seek to glorify God in their body and in their spirit. Wow, that's, that's a disciple of Jesus. Now, can I share something with you? Do not minimize the significance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in being able to live your life as a disciple of Jesus Christ. There is a reason that Jesus commanded his disciples. You wait until you are clothed with power from on high. You wait until you've received the promise of the Father. For John truly baptized with water, but you should be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. Do not minimize that. I am finding more and more believers are minimizing that in their life. And it's like it's optional equipment. Folks, listen, the baptism of the Holy Spirit was never meant to be optional equipment. Kind of like when you go down and and you order your new Dodge Charger. I mean, you want the Hemi engine, right? You want the whole thing. Give me the whole banana. My brother-in-law ordered himself one of the new Mustangs, brand new Mustangs. He says, you got to see this. So I showed it to me. I, I couldn't believe it. When you opened the door, there was lights coming out. When the, the mirror would shine the Mustang symbol on the ground. I mean, he had every 
whistle and bell that you could put on that thing. He, I mean, it was decked out end to end. He said, this is probably going to be the last car I buy. I want everything, you know. And they're blessed that they could do that kind of a thing. He didn't want anything left out. He wanted all the, all the optional equipment. Now, he could have bought the plain vanilla Mustang and still had a Mustang. Come on. But he wanted the whole thing. What I don't understand is how come Christians want the plain vanilla Christianity when you can have the whole thing. Come on. Get it all. God, I want everything you have for me. I want it all. And the cool thing is, when you, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, Jesus says, when you're clothed with power, it'll fill your life with the divine enablement of Almighty God. How many besides me find there are times when I just can't do it? Anybody besides me going to be honest enough to admit that? There are just times I can't do it. And my own, I don't have the strength. But man, it's at those moments... I can cry out and Holy Spirit gives me the divine enablement of Almighty God. And now through my God I shall do valiantly. Amen. I love what the psalmist said. Through our God we shall do valiantly. Through him I'll tread down the enemy. By my God I can run through a troop and leap over a wall. I want to tell you that means everything to this white guy who can't jump. I pole vaulted four feet. I'd put that thing in the, you know, where you, where you stick it, and I would hang on. And just go over. And the coach would go, he was trying to make a pole vaulter. It's dumb. I was a runner, not a pole vaulter. He wanted me to try to learn how to pole vault. I go, it go, no, no, what you do, you put that in there and you lean back and you let it kind of be like a spray. Go, no, 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 no. This white boy, he don't jump. <laughs> but through my God, the enemy, when he puts a snare before me, God says, don't step there, jump over it. By my God, I jump. Come on, Amen. Listen, you want it. He, when he clothes you with power, oops, go, go back. I'm sorry. I wasn't done with that one yet. I know. I probably gave you the cue. That's my fault. Look, this, this is so important. He gives you the ability to do the same things Jesus did. John 14, 11, Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say to you, he that believes in me, the works that I do, shall he do also, and greater works than these shall I do. Because I go to my Father. Isn't that amazing? And when we're clothed with power, He gives you the ability to be a witness for Jesus Christ at every moment of the day. And that's, and that's those times when someone comes to you and goes, I know what you're going through. What I don't understand is how you are being the way you are. How can you go through what you're going through and have that attitude? How can you go through what you're going through and be so joyful? How can you go through and be that? How can you do that? Through my God. Then by the power of the Holy Spirit in me. Listen, you want, do not minimize the significance of the baptism of the Holy Spirit in moving from believer to disciple. It's critical for you. But I want to tell you, George 
was baptized in the Holy Spirit, but he was still struggling. And honestly, there were, there were many months where he had more down days than he was on top. And that's when he discovered that there was another power that he needed in his life. Not, not denying the power and significance of having Holy Spirit baptism in his life. He had to have that. But there was another power he needed also. Now you can go to that next slide for me. Thank you. And that was what it talks about in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. When he said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, when, when the apostle Peter said, therefore giving all diligence, add to your faith virtue. Moral excellence, the ability to live like Jesus Christ. And the reason that we can do that is because Jesus Christ gives us the power to do that. And because Jesus Christ gives us the ability to transform our mind, to renew our mind. See, what, what, what he was struggling with was, well, yeah, I'm saved. But what does that mean? If you're saved, if you're born again, who are you? You're a child of God. Well, if you're a child of God, then what does that mean? You're a child of God. What does that mean? Let's track it. Because some of you have gotten this blank look on your face. Like, what are, you, what are you saying? Okay, watch this. When you're born again, the scripture says you're adopted into the family of God. You're now an adopted child of God. If you're an adopted child of God, then you're an heir and joint heir with Jesus Christ. Come on, amen? amen. So you're an heir and joint heir. So now you're an heir of God's kingdom. Everything that Jesus Christ has received as inheritance... You receive because you're a joint heir with Jesus Christ. Because when you are adopted into the family of God, the covenant of Almighty God makes you a joint heir with Jesus Christ to his kingdom. Well, I got to ask you a question. If you're an adopted child of God and Almighty God is king of the universe, what does that make you? A prince and a princess. Oh, that's right. Scripture says in Revelation chapter 1 verse 6 that Jesus Christ, by having washed us in his blood, we are made kings and priests unto our God. Come on, we're royalty. Amen. In, in Revelation chapter 5 verse 10, they're singing this great song to the Lamb that has redeemed us and has made us kings and priests to our God. Come on. So I'm not only an adopted child of God. Well, you know, I'm an adopted child. He doesn't have stepchildren. You're a full adopted child of God. You're a full heir of Jesus Christ. That means you are royalty. I got to ask you a question. Are you living like a princess? Are you living like a prince? See, that was George's problem. He was born again, but his self-image and his mind and his thinking was still the old guy. 
And so he was, he, was, he was up, he was down, he was up, he was down. Because he didn't really know who he was. He hadn't renewed his mind and refocused his emotions so he could redirect his volition. And there are many times we cannot conquer strong areas in our life because... We are disabled in our mind. We're disabled in our emotions. And so we don't have the strength to make the right choices. We keep making the same stupid old choices, getting into the same stupid old trouble. We're living as POWs and we've been redeemed and we don't even know it. We're living like a pauper and we're a prince. Or a princess. Really quiet in here today. Did I just give you a punch in the gut? <laughs> Almighty God wants us to grab this. See, it it is essential that you have a renewed mind. So what's the significance of a renewed mind, right? Okay. Let's look at it. Let me, let me, let me get my scripture. We, in, in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says, I beseech thee therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may show forth, that you may display, that you may reveal, that your life may reveal, show forth the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. How could I be constantly living out the perfect will of God? By the renewing of your mind. But look what he said. He said, don't be formed, don't be shaped in the world's image. According to its culture, according to its philosophy, according to its reasoning. And in our day, and in our generation, there is a constant pressure on the church that we give tolerance, that we give that 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 we accept, that we embrace this culture. We must not. What must we do? We must be showing the culture of Almighty God. We've got to live out the culture of Almighty God. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. The word transformed is the Greek word metamorphuo. What does that mean? It's the we, we get the English word metamorphosis from it. It's that it's that amazing miracle that turns a polywog into a bullfrog that turns a woolly worm into a monarch in the power of almighty god it turns a sinner into a saint yes. Yes. it's a whole new it's a whole new being you become a whole new kind of person That's why it is so strange to Almighty God for one of his kids that's been born again 
to still be living as if they hadn't been born again, to still be living by the old emotions, by the old thought patterns, by the old behavior. And, and see, that's, there's something odd with that. And the whole reason is they've not fully experienced the metamorpho because they haven't let the Holy Spirit renew their mind. And the word for mind there is both the conscious and subconscious mind. Listen to how the Apostle Paul wrote it to the church at Ephesus. He gave a little more detail, a little more explanation. In Ephesians chapter 4 beginning at verse 20. He says, but you've not so learned Christ. And what he was doing in the, in the earlier verses from verse 17 through verse 19, he was writing to the Christians and he said, some of you are still living by the old behavior patterns. And he said, you've not so learned Christ. In other words, he's going, that's, that's not, it's kind of like what he wrote to the church at Rome when he said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? God forbid, may it never be. How shall we who are dead to sin live any longer therein? He's writing to the church at Ephesus and going, some of you are still living in the old behavior. You've not so learned Christ. And then he goes on and says this, if indeed you've heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that you put off concerning your former conduct, that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to deceitful lusts, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Oh, by the renewing of the mind, you can put off the old self and you can put on the new one. Ah, I want that, don't you? I want that. And so you've been wondering, how can I, how can I do this? How can I, how can I live victorious consistently? How can I, which by the way, we're going to start that whole new series next week on how to live victorious, how to live the victorious life. But we've got to get this, we, we, we got to grab this one if we're going to get that one. The renewing of the mind, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Now, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Look at me very closely. Both the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. Be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Not just the conscious mind, but the subconscious. How do we do that? How is that even possible? The apostle gave us the steps. And I want to I, I show you how that is. Go ahead and go to the next. Because this is really, really important. When we're talking about, oh, I'm sorry, go back one. When we're talking about, about, I'm giving her miscues, so it's not her fault. It's my fault. And we talked this through beforehand. The reason is I forgot to put my notes in my Dropbox, okay? So, listen. When we're talking about the renewing of the mind, when we, when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ... We, we are not aware of how much the world's philosophy has invaded 
our thinking, our reasoning, our opinions, our thought patterns, our choices, our worldview. And and so when we come to Jesus Christ, those things are still influencing our choices, still influencing our emotions. And so we have to let the word of God and the power of the Holy Spirit change those things. Come in and change our thought patterns, change our philosophy, our reasoning, our opinions, our ideology. It's got to change. And, and I want to tell you, the church is being challenged in this. Just this last week, one of our young men gave a powerful message in Fusion on Wednesday night. They're, they've been talking about toxic. And he was talking about a toxic culture. Toxic behavior. And he dealt with some of the things in this culture. With some of the, with, with some of the things that's really toxic. And one of the things he dealt with was the fact of same-sex relationships. And that that's toxic. And as a child of God. We have to be willing to accept what the word of God says about that, not what the culture says about that. And man, there was a reaction. Pastor Dave called me and said, you're going to want to be aware. There's been some reaction to that. And he shared with me all that went on. And I said, I want you to understand something very clearly. If we lose two-thirds of the kids in fusion Because we take a stand for truth and we stand for the culture of Almighty God and with love and grace we say, no, that is sin. It is sin to have same-sex relationships. It is sin to do that. And we lose them, praise God. I want to stand before Almighty God and hear him say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Not say... Come on, amen. Amen. I don't want to stand before him and have him say, okay, you had 200 kids in fusion, but how come you didn't tell them the truth? Folks, we have to let Holy Spirit and the word of God change our mind. We cannot be conformed to the culture and to the philosophy and reasoning of the world. We must be conformed to the word of Almighty God. Now, this has everything also to do with our self-perception. Because when we come to the Lord Jesus Christ, everything in our life up to then has shaped our self-perception. And it shaped our self-talk. Maybe you're like I was. Boy, one of my favorite things to say to myself was, you are so stupid, how could you do that? You are so stupid, you are so stupid, you are so stupid. Well, I said that to myself because that's what I had heard growing up. You're so stupid. Most of my teachers thought I was so stupid. Can't you do anything right? You'll never learn. Uh, That stuff shaped me. And that was my self-talk to me. And so I lived in that. Though I was baptized in the Holy Spirit, though I was preaching the gospel, I would spend hours upon end getting myself mentally and emotionally so I could minister the word of God because I had 
to fight that down so I could speak the truth of God's word. And then I learned I could renew my mind. And instead of living out of the old self-perception and the old self-talk, I could now live out of what God's word says about me. And I could let the word of God speak through my mouth instead of letting the old self speak through my mouth. Renewing of the mind. Renewing of the mind. You must have it. So how do we do that? Well, the first thing is you got to present your whole being to the Lord Jesus Christ. Would you say this with me, please? Give your whole being for holy use. My mind, my tongue, my eyes, my nose, my ears, my hands, my feet, my heart, my volition, my emotions. I have to give my whole being for holy use. It cannot be compartmentalized. 100%. Give my whole being. Second, would you say it with me? Give Holy Spirit building tools. Hebrews 10, 15 to 17. This is the covenant I'll make with them after those days, saith the Lord. Listen, I'll put my law in their hearts and on their minds while I write them. And their sin and iniquity I will remember no more. Listen. I'll put my law in their hearts, on their minds will I write them. And their sin and iniquity I will remember no more. And not only will God remember it no more, the person will remember it no more. They will have a whole new self-image. That's why God... Said to Joshua, Joshua, be strong and have good courage. Take take these into the land. I'm going to give you the land just like I promised. Only be strong and of good courage. And do not let this law depart from thy mouth. Give thyself wholly unto it. And meditate on it day and night. Then thou shalt make thy way prosperous. And thou shalt have good success. And thou shalt do all that is written therein. I find it curious. I was sharing this with someone yesterday. I find it really curious. That three times God said to, to Joshua. Be strong and of good courage. He said it to him three times. I, and I, I've asked myself, God, why, why are you repeating this to Joshua? Three times you said to him, be strong and of good courage. And I thought, because, you know, I'm thinking, Joshua was, he and Caleb were the only ones that saw the giants and thought, we can do this. Why was he saying to, and then I, I realized the reason was because in his natural man, Joshua battled fear and insecurity. Just like the rest of the Israelites. But he knew his God. And he had confidence in his God. But he had to strengthen himself in his mind so he would have courage. And the reason was because, see, when the children of Israel, when, 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 those, when those 12 spies went into the land, they just, they just looked at the Gaza Strip and, 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 and they looked at, at what would become Judah and in and around Jerusalem in that area. But God knew 
when they went into the land, they're going to have to face the Zumim and the Zimzumim and the Rephaim. The Rephaim were led by King Og. He was 13 feet tall. And most of his warriors were between 9 and 11 foot tall. That means Goliath was a midget. He was only 9 foot tall. 9 foot 9 inches. You see what I'm saying? God knew what Joshua was going to face. And Joshua, his natural man, was going to struggle with fear and insecurity. And Almighty God said, but when you will not let the word depart from your mouth, speak the word of God, not your self-perception, not your old self-talk. Speak the word of God. Don't let it depart from your mouth. Give yourself wholly unto it. Meditate on it day and night. Then you'll have courage. Then you'll be strong. Then you'll be victorious. Then you'll give the land. Come on, amen. That's what we have to do. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on, guys. I know how guys are. I know how much you love to read. <laughs> That's one of the most difficult things you do is get the word every day. You, you, you find all kinds of reasons why you can't. And you'll sit down to get in the word and you'll go, oh, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. Oh, wait a minute, I got to do this. Oh, wait a minute, my car needs this. Oh, wait a minute, I got, oh, wait, wait, wait. And you'll have this whole list and you'll, go, you'll start doing that. And next thing you know, you don't have time for the word. Come on. You know I'm telling the truth. Say amen, guys. I'm not picking on you. I'm wanting to help you be strong and have good courage. What you have to do is you've got to make yourself put Velcro on the seat of your britches and in the chair. And study the word. Don't just don't just do this little one paragraph, little dealy bobber. I know those are good. But those are good. But listen, that's pablum. You're going to stay on pablum all your spiritual life? Or are you going to get to the stake? You got to move from pablum. You got to move to those ground up carrots. And then you get to move to mashed taters. Then you get to move to hamburgers and then steaks. Yeah, come on. Give me the triggered pork chops and triggered steaks. The prime, come on, prime rib. Oh yeah, come on, give it to me. I love it. And give me the steak of the word of God. Strong meat belongs to those who by reason of use have exercised their senses to the discerning of both good and evil. And the apostle wrote that in the book of Hebrews saying to them at a time when you should be eating steak you're still eating pablum get into the word get in the word come on guys get into the word and don't just read it study it and don't just study it memorize it 
And don't just memorize it, meditate on it. It's meditation that takes the word of God to the, to the subconscious. That'll renew the spirit of your mind. Meditating on the word takes it to the subconscious and starts renewing the spirit of your mind. So now you're both renewing the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And then what happens? When that old thinking comes in, you replace it immediately. Oh no, the word of God says. Oh, but the word of God says. Oh, but the word of God says. And, and, and then when you're, when you're doing that, then you can take those emotions. And when anger comes in, you can say, but the word of God says a soft answer turns away wrath. When the, when, when, when the old emotions comes in and, and, there's, and there's, there's feelings of, of insecurity, then the word of God says, do not fear what man can do. Fear him who has both soul and spirit. See, and, and, and you, begin, you begin training your mind. Is this making sense? Yes. Because God wants you to be mighty in spirit. He wants you to move from being a believer to being a strong disciple. Sisters, it's the same thing for you. It's the same principles for you. Almighty God is grieved by what's going on in our culture today. Would you stand with me, please? I don't do this very often, but I'm going to ask every one of you to get on my website, www.fdeanhackett.com, and read my new blog that's coming out Tuesday, The Siren Song. And some of you immediately will connect that with the old mythology. And I'm not not propagating mythology. I'm wanting you to see how that, that, that mythology actually was reflecting a biblical principle. The reason I want you to read it is because it is combating a serious issue that we've got in our American culture today and it's creeping into the church and the the church has got to stand against it. We are so blessed that you join us online today. For more resources on how you can grow your relationship with Jesus Christ, visit us online at www.winacity.com. If you would like to speak with someone about your relationship with Jesus Christ or would like prayer, you can contact us at 541-567-4486 or email us at info at